time to relax. You know what that means. It's time for the show so bad it won't just hurt you real bad. It'll hurt you poignant. This is the original Janksters. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank. Yeah, we did it. We did. Second time's the charm. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for editing. Yep. <laughs> Thank God for it. <laughs> it saves everything. Um. So yeah, we're back. Uh, we got our look today at the uh, the second movie in the Rocky franchise. Is what we're going to start off with this week. Uh, Rocky two, good old Rocky two. Um, picking up where we left off from last time. Uh, last movie with the confusing, somewhat confusing ending. <laughs> yep. Which I can't argue that they did kind of, you know, with all of Rocky screaming, they did kind of bury the lead in that. Like the one, the, you know, Lips is up there telling people what happened, but you can't really hear it because Rocky's too busy screaming. <laughs> well, thank God we got a recap in this one. So we actually, I, yeah. I paid attention this time and I was able to see just in the corner of my eye. Apollo Creed raises hand up. Not sure if it's because he won or he had a question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was like, wait, wait, who voted for Rocky? I'm going to find him. I'm going to hide him permanently. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so the first one ends with Rocky uh, not winning, but he did go the distance, which is really what he wanted, because mostly he was just tired of people calling him a bum <laughs> everywhere he goes. So at least by he did things that, you know, no one's ever done to the champ, uh, which is, you know, knocked him down once, which had never been done. Went all 15 rounds, which Apollo Creed usually knocks people out by like the third or fourth. So he, you know, at least proved himself and you know show that he is a legit boxer and, and a contender and that he actually belongs in this this arena uh so he was happy with just making it that far even though it came down to a split decision and uh, he didn't actually win the fight and uh, so yeah this movie picks up with a recap of that which again you know you got to do especially back then because there was this was the 70s still and there was no vcr so you got to figure people haven't seen the first one in a while yep i guess so here we are. So we get to see it again. <laughs> yep. Which I don't mind because, I mean, the fights are some of the most exciting parts. So you get to see it again. Because once again, you're not going to see another boxing fight for a long time in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after that, it basically picks up right where the first one left off. Uh, with both Rocky and Apollo being taken to the hospital um, in different ambulances, <laughs> which I did like that they kind of show the after effects of this fight, like because they really both did look really fucked up after the first one. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that they showed the after effects and that like this isn't just something you can just walk off right away. Like, no, you're you're going to be in for a world of hurt here one and a thing, lot of rehab. <clears throat> one thing I did forget to mention the last time was uh, the, the the makeup effects. I mean, that was pretty spot on. I mean, they, they, they do look like they got the shit beat out of them. So I'll give, uh, I'll give props where props are due. And, yeah, their faces looked, this is going to sound weird, but pretty great. I mean, it looked like they actually <laughs> did get beat up, um, unbeknownst to them, because they never touched each other. So it was, it was incredible <laughs> how messed up their faces looked without ever being touched in the face. Yep, that's very true. Although I did think it helped a lot, even in the first fight, when they re-showed the fight in the first movie, uh, I thought they like they added more sound effects, which did help it sell the fight a lot more. Hmm. I feel like in the first one they just kind of had very little minimal sound 
sound effects. Like it was, you know, like the microphone was very far away and they kind of had a slight noise, but they kind of increased that noise here and actually added like, you know, more solid impact noises. And I thought that helped sell it a lot more. Hmm. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. Um, so I think I that was a good touch. Uh, this movie was directed by uh, Sylvester Stallone and written by him. This is where he started kind of taking over the reins as director. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm tired of other people doing it. I want to do it now. And he did. Yep. And, and I thought he did a good job. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, a real, a real winner. <laughs> a real winner on this on this one. <laughs> I thought, I mean, I thought this movie looks a little bit better than the last one overall. Uh, they look about the same to me. Um, I, I, I didn't do like a back to back. Uh, I mean, we did back to back movies, but it's been a week later and it's, uh, I think it still has that like seventies vibe to it. It still has that like fuzz to the video quality, which is fine. I mean, it just, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, for the, for the most part, it just, it looked about the same to me. It didn't look like anything different. That's fair. It's yeah, it's a marginal improvement, but you know, again, it's the seventies still. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, this movie came out in nineteen seventy nine, so about three years after the last one. Oh, I didn't even know it was that long. Yeah, so we're inching ever closer to the eighties, which is gonna be good times for the Rocky franchise. I tell you, because three and four are the ones that came out in the eighties, and goddamn, those are the best ones by far. Um, and they feel very 80s in every way, and that's kind of what makes them so great. <laughs> Boy, I hope they are, because, man, <laughs> I don't know how much more I could take of this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Only six more to go. No! <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Uh, so, yeah, they go, to, uh, they go to the hospital. They're both kind of being, you know, brought in on wheelchairs and stuff like that. And even though Apollo Creed had said in the ring that he, there will definitely be no rematch. Uh, once he gets to the hospital, he's changing his story because the press is basically hounding him and he's already getting the, you know, the idea of where this is going and he doesn't want anything. He's like, I'll challenge this guy anytime, anywhere. Like we'll have a rematch anytime. And even Rocky's just like, uh, you said that there wasn't going to be a rematch. <laughs> like that he calls him out on that. Yeah. Which I think really was, just a uh, more of a plot convenience because they I don't think they ever planned on there being a sequel. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, there won't be a rematch. But now they're like, oh, shit, we're doing a sequel. Honestly, I don't even remember Apollo Creed even talking about any of that in the first movie, like while he was in the ring. I heard it this time, but maybe mm-hmm. I just missed it the first time. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I guarantee there. you the whole thing with uh, Rocky saying, oh, I thought there was going to be a match. And then it was just like, oh. This is where the movie's going. Got you. They're going to do a rematch. <laughs> yep. Which, I mean, you, you kind of have to do because if you want Rocky to ever be the champion, he's pretty much got to beat Apollo Creed unless somebody else comes along and beats Creed before he gets the chance, which wouldn't be very, you know, <laughs> like satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> so you figure they got to have a rematch at some point. Um, yeah, at some point. At the very last part of the movie. Yep, there it is. <laughs> Uh, boy i want to share my thoughts so hard but yeah let's keep talking about the movie so after they go to the hospital basically what ends up happening is uh we kind of move slightly into the future and apollo creed uh well we'll get to him in a second well first they uh they they reset rocky's nose which he was worried about 
<laughs> but then even more so, they're very concerned about his eye, that the one that they had to cut. Because uh, apparently it looks real bad. He's got a lot of damage going on in there. Um, so they're like, basically, yeah, like you probably should stop fighting because if you keep fighting, you're going to probably go blind uh, <laughs> because your eye is really, really fucked up now. Which, again, this is kind of a thing where I don't think they ever planned there being so many sequels because they kind of end up just forgetting about that. <laughs> mm. Because obviously he makes it through this fight without being blind, but it's like, well, obviously there's more movies and he's going to fight again. Like, they just kind of forget about the whole eye thing. Yeah, because those was very main concern towards some portion of this movie. And they're just like, no, you shouldn't yeah. fight. You shouldn't fight. You're probably going to go blind. Even Mick's like, you can't even see, you know, partially through your peripherals through that eye. So, like, there's no point yeah. in you fighting now. All right. <laughs> I love when he was testing him. He's like, I see it. It's like, no, you don't. And then he <laughs> slaps him in the face. Slapping him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you didn't even see that coming. <laughs> Which is it's amazing that with his eye being that bad, he pulled off this victory. Yeah, well, even fighting right-handed. I think I think for I don't think he was like paying attention when Mick hit him in the face. So I think it's easier. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, it's it's like easy to stop a punch, which apparently it's not. Which we'll get into that <laughs> later. But basically. Uh, I mean, he can at least see Apollo throwing the punch, not saying that he's quick enough to block it, but basically he could see it because it's coming at him. So it's, he's like prepared. It's not like it's coming from the side like a missile. Like, oh, yeah. I can't see it because he's got other people fighting on my right side. I mean, I think it makes more sense to where it's like, oh, okay, you know, he, he's hitting me. I already know what's going on. So you're saying he couldn't fight like an army of ninjas. No. But one guy, he'll be all right. Right. <laughs> I think he'll be fine. Like Andre Giant in The Princess Bride. <laughs> or unlike Andre Giant in the Princess Bride. <laughs> I like that his name is now Andre Giant. Like Giant is his last Andre name. Giant. Yeah. Andre Giant. <laughs> we all know the truth. You know. Andre Giant. Andre Giant. Middle name the. Yeah. We don't we <laughs> obviously don't Giant. use the's in real life, so we have to we just drop the the for right now. <laughs> Oh, good times. All right, so after yeah, the so, whole hospital uh, scene, we basically yep. move into the most boring parts of the movie, just watching Rocky <laughs> live his life. Boy, this is fantastic. Well, here's the part <laughs> Here's the part that I just this um didn't occur to me when I was a kid, obviously, and just kind of noticed it this last couple of times I watched this movie cuz again, I watched this one uh 2 weeks ago and then I watched it again for this. And uh I find it weird that after last week in the first one where that the driver guy who's giving him shit keeps telling him to take Adrian to the zoo because retards like the zoo. Yeah. What does he end up doing? He takes her to the zoo when he wants to propose to her. That's kind of funny. So is he trying to say that Rocky thinks she is retarded? Or is Rocky just retarded and forgot about that? <laughs> yes. Is Rocky retarded because he likes the zoo so much? I think Rocky's <laughs> retarded. He definitely, yeah, Rocky seems much, much dumber in this movie. Like, he got a couple of brain cells knocked out of him in that last fight, clearly, because he seems to be sliding ever more so towards the dumb end. Yeah. Um, I I did take in consideration this time that he's supposed to be stupid, where in the first movie I didn't know. So I just thought I was watching just a trash movie with trash acting. So I was like, <laughs> all right, I can I can see... I could see some of maybe the charm that it brings to have him being stupid and him just being a fighter. So I kept that in consideration. <laughs> That's good. 
<laughs> at least that's something. Yeah. I did. I like it. I enjoy his uh, just stupid quaintness. And uh, like he asked Adrian to marry him in just a very weird and, and awkward way. Um, but I found that scene very enjoyable. And I like that there's a tiger there and he ends up buying that tiger jacket later on. Yep. Kind of just setting up for the whole, you know, I had the tiger thing later on. Uh, which we'll get to later in the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd imagine so. so. Yeah. Him and Adrian, uh, they get engaged and very quickly afterwards get married. Man, I can sum this movie up in five minutes, dude. <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> but we'll tell we'll tell his tale right now. We're gonna tell yep. it. Yep. Uh, so, so Rocky is basically retired from fighting now because of the whole eye. I think uh, he does want to get back in the ring. He's just kind of he's looking for for work now that he's done uh, after the big fight. He's got all kind of offers coming in from advertisers, which he tries to get into uh, doing some commercial shoots. Yep, but he can't do it really well because they're going to have him read lines. But apparently he's yeah. that big of an idiot that he can't read every word. And the, the scene, I think, is supposed to be like, oh, this might be something kind of funny or something charming or something. I don't know. But it was like, why am I watching this? I don't want to watch. <laughs> I, this was a boxing movie. I'm watching him in a caveman outfit trying to read. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't movie. This is bad. Oh, I enjoyed that. I like that scene a lot. Oh, God. He's so funny. <laughs> this doesn't even really smell manly. <laughs> <laughs> And I like that they're like, we uh, we had to wait a couple of weeks for the swelling to go down. And then they put him in fucking fake makeup so he looks like he did after the fight anyway. Yeah. It's like, well, what was the point of that? I don't Some even know why they even put him in really fake makeup. Why would you even do that? That doesn't make any sense. Hey, I'm gonna the buy... makeup looks hilarious. They even gave him like this weird fake nose that's way longer. I don't understand it. It was like smashed in in like a way that was totally unbelievable. It's just like putting like molded play-doh on his face yep. and just kind of smashing it <laughs> it's like well i don't think his nose looked like that no <laughs> but i did really like after that scene when he goes back home and he's trying to uh he's trying to learn to read better and uh, he's sitting they're sitting in bed him and adrian uh they're sitting in bed and he's kind of reading to her out of this book and he's doing a really shitty job but she's trying to be encouraging and she's like oh you read so nice and he's like, oh, thank you. You lie nice. Because <laughs> he knows she's just fucking lying to his face. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really like that part. That was cute. <laughs> uh-huh. And this is I'm, and this is all within this boxing movie so far. So let, don't worry, folks. We'll get to the boxing. It's just <laughs> way, way, way at the end. It's yeah. all that you're looking forward to. So we'll, we'll get to that. So then after that, we find out that they're going to make make a baby and get that sweet, sweet Adrian all prego, and she gets prego. But before that, they start buying all this random shit. I should I should mention that. Yeah. They start buying all this random shit. Spending money so, like MC Hammer. Yeah, so he <laughs> buys wasted. a nice car, and he gets a tiger jacket, buys her some jacket, buys some watches for her and Polly and himself, and uh, also got him a nice bikey bracelet. He's pretty much starting the grunge trend. Um, and then basically, uh, they get to a point to where they've bought so much, including a house to where now they're broke and now he's got to look for job jobs again. So, cause basically these commercials aren't working for him because these aren't something that he's, uh, very good at support or, you know, obviously yeah. 
So what ends up happening is, is uh, he's trying to find odd jobs, and he doesn't want to go back to being a collector again, and he doesn't want to fight anymore because of you know uh, Adrian saying, hey, I don't want you to fight. So basically he's trying to find these random odd jobs around. Uh, he goes to the meat packing place with uh, Polly. Polly gets him a job there, but he unfortunately gets let go because the union's trying to cut back on uh, dues. So basically... Uh, he was the lowest man on the totem pole, so they get rid of him. So then yeah. he eventually, just doing random other shit, uh, but eventually ends up going back to the ring to help out Mick for a, a hot minute. Um, and he's kind of got it in his head at this point. He's like, maybe I should just fight, maybe, because this is just this is who I am. But yeah. instead of him fighting, he still wants to be around it. He just wants to... He just has to be around it. So I was like, all right, this makes sense. Big dumb man who big big fight. He won big fight. <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, that's not cut, making a ton of money. So Adrian's pretty much at the point where she's like, "Hey, I should probably go back to the pet stop, uh, pet shop, and uh, just do part time and just try to make some money because we're, we're not really getting much in." And yeah. they have a convo there, and, you know, Rocky doesn't want her to, but, you know, something, something's got to happen, so they have some money coming in. So she ends up going part-time. He's afraid she's going to get some kind of a pet shop disease. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That, that happened. <laughs> but she goes there anyways. Uh, she doesn't get pet shop disease, but we'll get into what happens in a little bit. Boy, oh, boy. Turns out he was right, just not about the disease. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so... <laughs> We uh we see him um kind of uh, oh we should sprinkle in so during a few scenes of this movie Apollo Creed we see a few scenes of him I'll tell you right now the only good scenes in this movie is Apollo Creed scenes that is it <laughs> that is it this movie wow. should have just been called wow. Apollo Creed because that was the most interesting story in this entire movie so <laughs> Apollo Creed at this point is getting all this hate mail all right. And basically what's ending up happening is, is a lot of people are calling him a hoax. A lot of people are saying, hey, you, you pretty much just – you won it, but you didn't actually try. You just tried to let this bum just bum win and getting all this threat mail and all this other stuff because of this fight that just happened. And yeah. he's, he's like, no, I did try. I did actually try. He's, this guy's just really that good. But basically he's not admitting to that because he's like, no, the next time I see him in that ring, I'm just going to beat the shit out of him. Because he did take it easy on the first few rounds because he did want to – do the whole American dream kind of thing. He wanted to give the guy kind of like a fighting chance, and he learned quickly that, hey, this guy's possibly the real deal. So basically... And he had, like we said last time, he hadn't really been trying, like training as hard. He was kind of figured he'd take this guy easily, so he was kind of more focused on getting the fight plan and everything than he was actually training and getting prepared for it. Right. He's like, if I was, you know, in my prime and just fucking really hitting it hard like I normally do, like, this would have been over quickly. Yeah, This guy's nothing. So, um, so this whole, you know, there's a little bit of a training montage with him ish, but at the same time, they're also trying to publicize, Hey, you're uh Rocky's chicken. Uh, he would never fight me again, blah, blah, blah. And really stirring up some stuff. So eventually to the point to where Rocky finally sees it on the news and he's, he takes it to heart he's like, fuck, fuck this dude almost like, uh, we should fight him. And at the same time, uh, Mick's also watching this on the, uh, the TV and Mick comes over and says, you need to fight this dude. And uh, Rocky finally gets it in his head. I think just before Mick comes over, uh, he's upstairs. Rocky's upstairs. I do like this part in the movie. One one of the only conversations <laughs> I like in this movie with him and Adrian. Basically, he asks uh, – because she doesn't want him to fight. 
She doesn't want him to fight at all. And he wants to fight because this is the only thing he knows. So she, uh, she's, you know, just kind of having this conversation. And uh, he says, I, I wouldn't ask you to stop being a girl or a woman. Don't ask yeah. me to stop being a man. Stop being a man. So I was like, that's a good line. That's a really good line. <laughs> I like that line. It is. Um, she doesn't say. Yeah, they any- really, they really turned Adrian into a wet blanket in this movie a lot. <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, she's kind of the one just always crapping out on him and uh, putting his dreams on hold. Yeah, no, she's just a normal girl. <laughs> she's just turned into a normal girl at this point. Um, that's what a relationship does. You just realize who somebody really is. <laughs> so anyways, um basically what ends up happening is she didn't after the uh that line uh don't ask me to be or don't ask me not to be a man. She doesn't really say anything to it. Uh he just is just being like all right, kind of like almost hard-headed at this point. And this yeah. is when Mick comes over and says, "Hey, we need to get you ready." And Rocky's like, "Yep, let's fucking do it." So then the training begins, but in the back of his mind, he knows that uh Adrian really doesn't want him fighting. So he's training, but not full bore like Apollo is at this point. Um, yeah, he's I, very conflicted at this point. So they're doing a publicity uh, meeting pretty much to kind of stir up the news to get people uh, all hyped and stuff like that. And Rocky and Apollo are there in a uh, giant conference room a- answering a bunch of questions where Apollo's just like, oh, we'll beat the shit out of him. And Rocky's just like, oh, I've got a list of things I'm going to get with this money. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of hats. <laughs> Just a bunch of random stuff. I mean, he's just Rocky, just being Rocky, just a genuine <laughs> retard, nice guy. Um, <laughs> we get Polly a snow cone machine. Uh, <laughs> I like, I love how like funny Rocky is there, and he's also just so like humble and, yeah. and like good natured. Like Apollo Creed is so angry and talking so much shit, but Rocky just like he just he can't help but be a nice guy. And like they're even like, uh, uh, do you have anything derogatory to say about your opponent, Rocky? And he's just like derogatory uh yeah he's great (laughs) that's one of my favorite lines in the whole thing i did like that part (laughs) like i don't know if that's what he thinks derogatory means or if that's just that's just all he has that's the only shit talk he knows i do want to (laughs) stay because he really respects about he does this again in the beginning of the movie where somebody says uh maybe you should invest in condominiums and he says (laughs) i don't wear them I do like that. He does that again, so it's funny. He's got a lot of great lines. Um, we are twenty two and twenty two minutes into this podcast right now. I'll tell you right now, we finally see him starting to train at the hour and five minute mark in this movie. The hour and five minute mark. I've explained, and Kevin has explained pretty much the basis of this movie in twenty two minutes, and we could probably go. We could speed that up if we wanted to. I could easily. I could trim all the fat. And probably get right into the it's fight, true. basically. But this is the hour and five minute mark, and this is where I was like, "Oh, finally, I'm I'm a little bit interested now." And that just slowly <laughs> goes into the dumpster because while he's training, he's not completely into it. And you could there's like not so much a training montage, but just a bunch of training he's doing that he's just not putting all of his heart and soul into. Uh, where you see Mick's a- got him. Uh- Chasing a chicken this time around. Yeah, and Rocky doesn't really want to do it. And then basically he's got him doing a couple different things. And Rocky's just like, nah, I'm just going to hit the showers. And then uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm doing my best. But he's not really doing his best kind of thing. Um, Because Adrian's in the back of his mind. So, okay, that makes sense. Um, So eventually Polly comes to the gym while he's training. And Polly's like, hey, 
uh, you know, you need to get that girl out of your head kind of thing. I've seen you way better than this. Something's obviously going on. And basically, Rocky's like, no, it's uh, blah, 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 I'm fine. Uh, so Polly's like, well, I'm going to go talk to uh, Adrian at the pet shop. Meets her at the pet shop. Says, hey, you got to get, you got to let Rocky do be him. You got to let him do his thing. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, I don't know if it's the same day. I have no clue. I'm not sure. It happens almost in the same area, but it, you know, the timeline in this movie is, oh God, <laughs> they tried to fit a whole year within a two hour movie. So yep. it's just kind of like, just keeps jumping. So I don't know what part, but basically what ends up happening is uh, she falls over in the pet shop because she's been working in the pet shop doing a bunch of labor. They kind of show this throughout the movie where she's lifting heavy stuff and doing all this shit. Yeah, that she probably shouldn't be doing. Uh, but unfortunately, she pretty much just passes out and uh, the baby is now in the hospital. It's already been born a month premature, which is pretty intense. Um, but... The, the thing that really kind of set me off, I was like, I need to shut this movie off if I don't. If I don't, I'm going to lose my shit. Is when they said, oh, Adrian's fine, but she's in a coma. What? We're going into soap opera territory? Perfect. That's what I wanted in this fucking show. So we're watching, we're watching Adrian in a coma, and Rocky's obviously very upset about this. He hasn't even seen the baby. He doesn't even care about the baby at this point because he's just very concerned about Adrian and trying to get her out of the coma. It is a pretty bad move. To be like, uh, I'm going to wait till Adrian, you know, wakes up before I see the kid. Like, who's watching the kid this whole time? Polly? Yeah, because no Polly's, Polly's seen it a couple times. Now, they know that there was a yeah. boy that was born. That's cool. Um, but basically, we're left with just uh, Adrian uh, in a coma. Rocky being very sad and, you know, just being there. He doesn't have a job anyway, so he's just being there the whole time. Mick shows up. I'm not entirely sure why Mick stays the entire time. I know that he had a conversation and a big old speech in the church, and I know he said, you want me to yep. stay? Fine, I'll stay. But he never – Rocky didn't say, hey, stay, <laughs> my dude. So he basically – No, he said uh, – like Mick says basically, well, you know, if, you're, if you don't want to fight, you, you're just going to blow this whole thing up. I'll blow it up with you. I'll, do you want to stay? I'll stay with you. So mixed days. So basically, it's kind of like, yeah, he's kind of coming around. I like that scene because it's kind of nice to see, especially after the first movie where their their relationship was kind of rocky, no pun intended. Uh, this one, they're very much like, like, you know, you see that Mick does care about Rocky. And even if it's, you know, even if it's not going to happen and this really isn't headed towards a championship, he's going to stay with him. And he actually does care about him and wants to support him no matter what happens. Yeah, so he stays, and basically him and Rocky are in the same room with Adrian as much as possible. Uh, when visiting hours are over, they go to the chapel, and they stay there until, I'm assuming, visiting hours come back. So, and Mick's got to be very patient to listen to Rocky read all that time, because his reading is awful. <laughs> yeah, so Rocky does read to Adrian while he is, uh, while she's in this coma. I don't exactly know how long she's in the coma. It could have been... A day, it could have been a couple days, it could have been a couple weeks. I'm not sure. They never actually sure say. It seemed like a long time. It could have just um, which... been one day. Who knows? <laughs> it could have been. Which, yeah, I mean, I want to know like what was happening with that baby the whole time. Like, if this was weeks, what the fuck happened? They, I'm sure they wouldn't just let the baby stay in the hospital that long. I like. I honestly have no idea, but. Yeah, so Adrian finally, after, oh man, a good chunk, man, because time-wise in the movie, she's in this coma for a hot minute because he's reading yeah. all sorts of different stuff from the book, and we keep seeing him go back to the chapel. This part of the movie is the longest drag 
I think I've seen in a movie in a long time. I get it. I completely understand. I wish they just did a time lapse or something because this was so – it didn't really show – Well, I'm, they did a time lapse but not quick enough. <laughs> no, I, I mean I completely understand that. I, we saw for the first hour and five minutes of the movie that Rocky cares for Adrian. I do not need to see this more. I don't. Now we're into the whole training portion. The other second half of this movie where we, we thought that he'd be training. But no, we're in a, a good – at least a solid 10 to 15-minute portion where we see him care more. And he's trying to, you know, be there for Adrian, and this is all going on so fast. That's another fucking ten to fifteen minutes in this fucking movie <laughs> that we have to watch him do this. Like, no, yeah, I can't even argue with that. Like, that definitely goes on far too long. <sighs> so, anyways, we finally we finally see Adrian start to move her fingers, and she starts to kind of like wake up from this coma, and it, it's awesome. But I, I like the, I mean, I got hyped. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I got super hyped when so the uh, they see the baby, and uh, Rocky's like, you know, I don't want to fight or anything like that. And Adrian's just like, win. You need to win. And I was like, fuck yeah. yes, all right, fuck yeah. Do one thing for me, win. So he's Nick's like, just so excited. He's like, oh, shit, it's on now. Yep. So then, <laughs> By the way, that baby, Jesus Christ, did that baby have a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, it was like a baby chimpanzee. It did have a lot of hair. Yeah, that baby <laughs> ain't going bald anytime soon, I'll tell you that. Um, no way. Oh, she did end up, I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's official. She's just like, should we do this? Rocky's like, I don't know. I don't want a big dummy. But they named the baby Rocky. Uh, Rocky Jr. Not sure if that actually Although, is the do name. You know what, do you know what Rocky's actual name is? It's not Rocky. Oh, no, I have no idea. Ricardo? Uh, <laughs> no, apparently it's Robert. Oh. And that is the name of the, the son as well. Oh. Is Rocky Jr. <laughs> there we go. Well, I would never have guessed because I don't know if they've ever said in any of the movies. They do later on. Oh, Perfect. So maybe that'll be the name of the next uh, Rocky Balboa movie. It'll just be called Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Robert. <Yes. laughs> um, so we uh, we now see finally the training montage, which uh, shows him catching the chicken and doing all these extreme exercises. And now his head, his heart, and, and his soul are in the game, and he's going to town with his. Uh, I like uh, like when the one guy is like. Karate chopping him in the stomach, trying to prepare his body. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely looks like Rocky's going to town. I mean, it looks like he's physically fit. I mean, not just Rocky, but Sylvester Stallone in just general. It looks like he is, he could probably fight somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he is jacked as hell, that's yeah. for sure. So he is, uh, he's doing the training. He, uh, does the whole thing. And then towards the end of the montage, he does the whole running thing where not this, not, yeah. not only does he run by himself, but he brings the entire town of children, which he's pretty much just the pipe <laughs> piper for kids. Um, but he brings and eventually them. There's some adults by the time it gets to the end. And there's like people on bikes and shit. There's like all kind of people, like the entire town is just kind of joined behind him. It's like that offspring video. Uh, yep. for Why don't you get a job? But... That's what I was exactly. I was thinking <laughs> I like of when I saw that. It from. <laughs> um, I will. I do want to kind of back up real quick. So uh, Apollo Creed during the old conference call says, "Hey, we're going to have a fight, and it's going to be in Philadelphia at the uh, the arena there." So like all of Philadelphia at this point is just rooting for Rocky because obviously yeah. you know it, it's in their hometown and they want to see this local boy pretty much winning and beat beat Apollo. Um, so that's why the whole town knows who Rocky is at this point and is just like, "Yeah, let's do this. Let's 
let's support this this Rocky man. So they uh <laughs> they run up the steps with them. I finally get to see what that looks like in this movie because apparently I yeah. honestly don't remember what it looked like in the, in the last one. <laughs> so this one was even better. Like if the last one was like a three on the like tears starting to form, this was like a seven or eight. I'm just like, God damn, this is so inspirational. I'm like, I'm super hyped now. I really want to see this fight now. Yeah. So it was at the, like I said, like I was saying, so it was at the minute or an hour and five where I started getting hyped, where he actually started training. Then I took a huge dumpster dive right into the coma. And then at this point I was getting hyped again. I was like, sweet. All right. I'm about to see a fight. Finally, I'm getting hyped for Rocky. I'm getting hyped for, you know, Mick. I'm, I'm getting hyped for the situation for the fight. So, uh, we'll kind of fast forward a little bit, which pretty much just goes into the fight. Apollo Creed's already at the arena. Rocky's showing up late, basically. He's trying to, uh, I can't remember what he's doing at his house. Uh, I know he wants Adrian to come with him, but she can't because she's still pretty, you know, she's not completely up to speed yet. Plus, probably watching the baby yeah. and all this other stuff. So, she, unfortunately, she's got to stay at home. So, he's kind of just talking to her, saying that he loves her and, you know, wishes she was there and stuff like that. But, basically, he ends up leaving, uh, getting in his car, and then going to the church. Uh, meets up with the uh, the pastor or priest that also did their <laughs> wedding. speak English. Yeah. So, he also did their wedding. So, he asked him to bless them before he does the fight. Does so. Shows up even later at the, the, the arena. Um. And then at this point, he finally gets there, and Mick's obviously just trying to get him ready and rocking and rolling for this fight. And we finally see Rocky coming out in robes that fit him, which he does make a comment <laughs> saying, oh, this is better. Um, <laughs> now he's wearing yellow and black, whereas last movie he was wearing white and red. So he's kind of changed colors. Apollo Creed has also changed. He's not doing the whole George Washington thing this time. He's ditched the stars and stripes, and he, now he's wearing white and red, actually. Yeah, it's kind of like he swapped with Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so they uh, they come out and Apollo Creed means business this time. Yeah, like Kevin said, basically there is no George Washington. This is this isn't a fun uh, a fun publicity act. This is the real deal. So he's coming out and his head mm-hmm. is in the game. Rocky's the same way. He's he's ready. He doesn't seem like he's all there because he's still you know Mister Bumbly Bumbo. But you know <laughs> it seems like his Tim and Mick had some good some good one-liners back and forth. They're still kind of not taking it super seriously. Yeah. <laughs> They're still kind of like fish out of water in this situation. And also, I like the, one of the announcers when they're walking in, he's just like, why this fighter of limited abilities gains such popularity is a mystery. It's like, you're the fucking announcer. You probably shouldn't be talking shit. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a, like people like him because he's an underdog. And like, this is a crazy story that this guy who was a nobody got this shot at the title. Like the fuck guy. It's like fuck you, Bob. Uh, fuck you, Bob. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that Rocky did while training because they know that uh, Apollo Creed's probably been training now for months to fight a southpaw was Ro- Rocky had decided, or well, Mick decided for Rocky to switch it up, try to fight right-handed to really throw Apollo off. So that was his uh, strategy in going into this fight. You couldn't. You couldn't couldn't tell me i'll tell you right now we'll get into that in a second but basically the fight finally begins i'm ready i'm ready at this point apollo's ready he's ready to kick some ass rocky's ready-ish he's ready to do some stuff and they they quickly uh they quickly show him doing the switch up you know he's he's fighting right-handed it doesn't fucking matter he still doesn't block any of his face he doesn't block his eyes he doesn't block anything he's punched in the face at least 113 times in this fucking this fight Easily in this fight. 
I don't know what the switch had to do with anything. Continuously, <laughs> Mick kept saying, you got to watch that eye. Got to watch that eye. I don't think he blocked a single punch to his face. Not nope. a single one. It starts off with him getting punched at least seven times in the face before Rocky even lifts his fucking hands up to even throw a punch. This fight is the That's most the disappointing like, fight I've ever seen in any any boxing movie, fighting movie, anything. I was hyped. Uh, I was hyped so much for this fight, and all I saw was Rocky get his ass beat. The entirety of the movie, he got a, a couple few good punches into his ribs because he only hits does body shots. Apparently, I don't know if this is a running thing, but. He does body shots the entirety of this movie. That's fine. That's definitely a way to take your opponent down. But basically what ends up happening is Apollo – well, Rocky's got a hard, hard-ass head. He ain't going down without a fight. That's the only good part about it. I just wish he'd block a few times. He'd probably actually last a lot longer. His stamina <laughs> would probably be a lot greater. His endurance would be just immaculate. But here we are sitting <laughs> – Sitting down on our couches, eating some popcorn, watching Rocky get the fuck out of him. Just the fuck beaten out of him. <laughs> All to the very end because they're both just so goddamn tired to where they both... Rocky throws a punch, knocks Apollo Creed down, but because they're both tired, they both fall down. And now we're... It's on the final round, on the 15th round. We watched this yep. for 15 more rounds just for Rocky and... Goddamn Apollo to try to get up at the same time, just like it's the slowest race ever, watching Star Wars The Last Jedi again. And they're basically <laughs> just walking up the rope as slow as they humanly possibly can. The only good thing is is Rocky's able to finally get all the way up, where Apollo Creed looks like he's probably gonna get up before the ten seconds are out, but unfortunately he just kind of he's just out of gas. And he slumps just kind of slumps back down and the, and the the fight ends with Rocky being the winner. Somehow somehow because he was able to get up <laughs> he knocked creed out by he did stand it he won by standing because <laughs> they both fell down there's no doubt about that he did one he did one good punch yeah. out of the four punches he threw he did one good one <laughs> he had a bunch of punches i mean he got knocked down early on like yeah. twice but no. he won a bunch of rounds or at least a couple and he certainly at least had two. some good flurries the fact that he was able to knock Apollo down and Apollo wasn't able to get up, that does say something about it, you know, I mean, him winning the fight. Like I said, there's definitely something there because there is uh, there's points in the, the movie where he, he is throwing a lot of body shots, but he's taking a licking. There's no doubt about it. He's taken yeah. – <laughs> he's, he's, he's taken so many punches to the face. I mean, he's getting pretty fucked up. And in the first round, his nose is already broken again. <laughs> So he's <laughs> yep. he's taking a lot of punches. There's no doubt about that. Rocky can he can take a hit. I get it. Um, and but I don't know if that qualifies him as a fighter. It's watching that Simpsons episode and Homer just getting punched <laughs> in the face until the other guy's just so tired to where he just pushes the other dude down, which is basically what I've just watched last last night. <laughs> I watched Rocky get punched in the face about 113 times, and then they both fell down. <laughs> he did yeah, do a few punches. I mean, Rocky's big thing is he is like he, he is kind of very strong, so he throws maybe less punches overall, but they are very hard hitting. Um, so that helps. And I don't like think said, Apollo fell down at and... all this time, except for the final fall. I mean, Rocky got some punches in there, but out of all the rounds, everybody knew if they could just have Apollo stay away from Rocky, Apollo would have won yep. the fight. If it went to a decision, and Apollo definitely would have won again. Yeah. But but luckily he pulled out that knock, the knockout at the last second. So <laughs> that's hardly a knockout. 
I mean, that's what a knockout is. If you can't get up within the 10 seconds. That's true. I guess so. Officially, (laughs) that was a knockout. I I do agree that there should be probably more blocking. Really, all these fights, there's very little blocking. Um, It's almost more like a wrestling match than than an actual boxing match. Because real life boxing, there's far too much blocking. It's like all blocking. And then maybe once in a while, I see someone actually get hit. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But this one, I guess they kind of probably just for more dramatic effect and to make it more cinematic they really don't focus a lot on blocking it's more just let's see him punch because that's what gets the audience excited which that being said boy oh boy again we got that horrible fight scenes with the punching not actually ha- like landing and it's just a whiff and we hear the sound effects much better though like they don't do the bird's eye view this time maybe at least half of, yeah at least half of the punches i would say looked decent then maybe half of them were pretty awful. I'll I'll say that I accepted them as if it was a seventies movie. That's all that I was just like, well, I accepted it this time. So I just watched as in, hopefully it'll get kind of realistic. I mean, at least towards the end they did do close up shots where it actually looked like they were punching each other. That made it mm-hmm. the most realistic out of everything. That that was good. But <clears throat> I watched two hours of this movie expecting to see a good fight at the end. I didn't see a good fight at the end. I'm glad that Rocky won. I mean, I would have ho- I would have been really pissed off if he did lose this match again. Yeah, but that would have been sad. I have no idea why I wasted. It. I'm not gonna. Well, all right. What else are we gonna say about this movie? <laughs> I mean, I see what you're saying, but yeah, you gotta understand that these movies are. I would say even more so than than um, than sports movies, they're dramas at their core because there is a lot of that. <laughs> and. And not so much maybe on the boxing side. Although I will say, as we get to three and four, there's going to be a lot more fights. So That's the only thing I'm looking l- forward to is three and four. I've heard nothing but you <laughs> talking about three and four, and I'm looking forward to it. But right now, if you said, hey, man, do you want to just stop this franchise? I would say yes in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they do kind of focus a lot more on the characters and the drama of their lives and getting to see where they go and what happens to them and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of nice, um, especially as you go along, because it's probably the longest running drama series that there has ever been, if you think about it. I mean, this has had a movie, at least one movie in every decade since the 70s. Uh, So it's kind of crazy to get to check in on these characters every decade. Yeah, that's true. So... It's nice on that front. And I do, like I said, I do really like the character of Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed. Um, he is really cool as well. Paulie, again, you'll kind of learn to love eventually, although still he's, you'll always. Yeah, he's not as much of an asshole in this movie. He's more just like (laughs) a brother. He's not really even too much of an asshole at all. I think there was one point where he just kind of raised his voice in the pet shop at Adrian, but that was about it. Everything else he's like, yeah, "Yeah, I'll buy the car. I'll eat some snow cones, which I didn't even know that was a thing (laughs) for him. But here we are. I like, I like how he was much thinner in this movie, which they even comment on. Because apparently, I guess in the first one, I think he was wearing a fat suit a little bit. Uh, but in this one, he just didn't feel like it. Hmm. So they just kind of wrote in that, oh, yeah, he's losing weight. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what happened in the other movies. I know he's definitely a little bit bigger and back up to his bigger self in the next ones. So I don't know if he actually gained weight or was like, all right, I'll wear the fat suit. I don't care. <laughs> Weird, but all right. Lost my pride. Yeah. I thought they tried, but yeah. And Mick, I, I do. I really love Mick. Um, 
as much as he is kind of a douche sometimes, like Burgess Meredith was just such a big part of my childhood. Like between Batman, you know, him playing Penguin on the Batman show, and like this, it was just like, man, Burgess Meredith could Meredith could do anything. Because <laughs> he did two roles. <laughs> he did the Penguin and he played Mick. He could do anything. No, Tom Hanks could like do those everything. Those roles are not really. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But those roles are very different, and I thought he just really showed some good acting talent, especially in this one where he's just kind of like, you know, really trying to be there for Rocky, and you really kind of feel for him. Yeah. yeah. He's got his wacky I like, I liked, Yeah, I liked Mick better this time than I did the last time. Which is now, good. where where do you see this one going in Rocky Three? Honestly, I have no idea. I would imagine that the um, now Rocky is obviously he's the champion of the world. Yeah, well, I know that. I mean, there's going to be a fight. There's probably going to be another title, uh, title fight, um, because now he is the the champion of the world. So I would imagine that because, like you said, there's probably going to be more fights. So maybe more of him training, obviously, getting more mentally and physically prepared for the next fights. I don't know how he could possibly lose. Since nobody can ever beat Apollo Creed, but then Brocky fights him and beats him, so there's, he's probably going to win this next one then. Um, okay. And I think that's pretty much it. I think he's just going to win whoever the hell he's fighting. I have no idea who it is. But oh, man, you're going to be pleasantly surprised, let me tell you. I know that somewhere in the series there's uh, Dolph Lundgren somewhere, and then there's yep. uh, I think Hulk Hogan at some point. And then there's also, uh, what's his name? Mr. T somewhere. So I don't know what order of those movies come in, but <laughs> he'll probably fight one of them in the movie. One or more. Oh. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll, it'll be very, trust me, like three and four, honestly, are not just my favorite of the Rocky movies. They're probably in my top 20 movies of all time. Um hmm. Just anything. I love three and four so goddamn much. Well, now I'm just interested in watching it. Hopefully, you'll like them. But Hope as so. as a rating scale in this one, I think I rated Rocky one a three or a four. I would say that this one's about a man, oh, man, probably a two, like a solid two. <laughs> oh wow! There was multiple a solid number two. There was multiple points in this movie where I actually wanted to shut it off and not watch it. If I was watching it for any other reason, I would have already had it shut off probably within the first 20 minutes. Um, I would, I'd be just so bored, which I was, up until the hour and five mark. And then the coma is when I almost shut the whole movie off. I was like, really? Really? We're going to coma land? And I got to watch Rocky learn how to read by reading to his coma girlfriend or wife? Oh, God, help me. So then, well, I will tell you this: there are no more comas in the series. You've made it out of coma well, land. Thank baby Jesus! But yeah, this one was <laughs> extremely rough for me to watch. All for the hype train to bring me to one of the worst fight scenes I've ever seen in a movie. So, ah, uh, that's harsh. That's not even harsh. I didn't mind. There's nothing. There, there's hardly it's hitting, than the one and in the Rocky's first just one. getting. Oh, well. Maybe the first one at least had two fights in it, though. That was the beneficial part. I got to see two fights happen, not just one yeah. terrible one, but two terrible ones. <laughs> I got hyped for one terrible well, fight. You got to see the uh, the first one again, so kind of you got two. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> That's just a recap. 
damn. Yeah. This, <laughs> to me, this movie was just not good. It just wasn't good. I, the only thing, if the only thing that I liked about this movie, and if it, if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't have even realized it was. Now that I know, now I know that Rocky's a bumbling idiot. That's that's the one thing that I was just like, oh, okay, I have to take that in consideration. Got it. I, I thought he was just being bad at acting for the first movie. So I was just like, all right, I'm just going to let that fly. This is who he is in this movie. Got it. Adrian's still really boring to watch. She's still very shyish. She's still kind of timid. Those scenes are not fun to watch. I mean, sometimes Rocky does say a funny thing. I get it. That's kind of funny. But it's mostly just watching a bumbling idiot talking to a wall. It's not very fun. It's not very... I mean, I could see their chemistry in real life. But in a movie, this isn't how you make a movie, people. You can't let two people who... <laughs> one who barely knows how to talk and the other one who just doesn't talk, talk to each other. It's boring <laughs> as hell, people. Give me some charisma. Give me something to look forward to. I need something. I get that it is a drama. I understand. But man, oh man, I was like, God damn it, this movie. I'm watching them buy a house, legitimately buy a house in a movie. Oh, no. No. I mean, it's not like that scene goes on for 20 minutes, though. No. But it could have just been like, hey, they're living in a new house now. We saw what Rocky's house looked like, not only in the last movie, but in this one. We saw a snippet with that. I was like, all right, if they just started off in a new house and they'd be like, hey, I'm glad we're so, Andrew, I'm so glad we got this house. I'd be like, oh, cool. They bought a new house. No, we got to watch him with the realtor buy a house. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if there'd be scenes if I saw Rocky and Adrian sometimes maybe making dumpy, just going to the toilet just to put shit in there, literal shit. I'm so I was so confused that I was watching so much of this movie and them just living their life. This wasn't. Yeah. This really didn't add anything to the movie, except for the fact that he kept buying stuff. But that that was it. But that meant nothing anyway. Which is an important plot point because that's kind of what pushes him back into fighting. Is kind because of, he, but I he realizes he's not cut out for anything else. He can't hold down any of their jobs. Fighting is really all he has going for They could have went straight into that. They could have honestly went straight into that. They didn't even have to do the whole buying thing. Like, hey, I need to have a job because now you're pregnant. I think the pregnancy thing's a big plot point. I'm glad that that probably filled in because I'm sure that'll show up in the future at some point with his kid. I don't know. I have honestly no idea. But basically, they could have showed the wedding, the pregnancy, and then they're being, oh, you know, we're out of money. I need to get a job. And you'll go right into the actual uh, him getting losing a job. And then like, hey, Adrian, I, I need to fight. I mean, I, there's nothing else I can yeah. do. I, I've done everything else. You know, I, I, this is me. This is me. They could have honestly even bypassed the whole Don't working random jobs. Like, I, I have to be a fighter, Adrian. I know that we just, we're just we having a kid, but I have to fight. And then go right into it. We're talking about 10 minutes into the movie this could have all happened. But no, we got to see an <laughs> hour of him just living his life like a normal man. I do that every yeah. day. And that's boring. <laughs> My life's boring, and so is theirs. They just they had a really cool, fun, <laughs> fun time right in the beginning. I bought Tiger Jacket. Oh, okay, well, I bought a jacket off Facebook. Let me film it because that's apparently going to make a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, mean, I can see that. But I, I found those scenes nice because I, I enjoy Rocky's antics and just him being stupid. And His antics? <laughs> saying quaint little Quite little things like that. Uh, I mean, Rocky can't <laughs> like be funny. He's like, oh man, in this car, I'm gonna buy this car. She's like, we don't even need a car. 
all right, really? And she's like, do you even know how to drive? Oh, I'm the best driver ever. <laughs> he just drives like an asshole. <laughs> I mean, the scene – our good scenes, I just don't understand why we had to see it all. I mean, technically, that that's enough to just tell me, boy, we could have seen more of him just living his life because he says random things. I wouldn't want to yeah. see that. That's not moving the plot the plot forward. It's just him living his life, his normal <laughs> goddamn life. I mean, right. if I want to watch that, and then I'd I'd say, hey man, just do a reality TV show featuring Rocky Balboa, and then I'll get funny antics from him. But I, th- that's not what I came here for. This is Rocky Two. This should be a movie where I'm watching some fighting. I want to see some of that. The the interesting stuff was Apollo. Why? Because he kept moving the plot forward. Because he's like, I'm getting sick of this fucking hate mail. This is shit. Like, they're threatening my children at school. I need to fight this Rocky guy. I was like, fuck yeah, let's bring it out, Apollo. Back to Rocky. (laughs) Uh, I can't get this job because, you know, I don't think I can. No. (laughs) (laughs) This is dumb. Yeah. It I didn't mean, they, move at all. I see why they have to do that kind of stuff, though, because otherwise the movie would be, you know, 45 minutes long. <laughs> if they didn't have – if they just cut to right – like, oh, we want a rematch. Okay, Rocky does too. Training sequence. No, a little bit is fine. Like I said, the whole – the wedding thing is fine. We get to see a little bit of his life changing. That's great. I like that. The pregnancy's fine. That's definitely probably going to be a plot point, like I said, in the future. That's fine. That's something that's probably going to move the plot forward. The whole, um, you know, maybe him being down on luck after the money thing. That's moving the plot forward. I see that. I understand it. It's getting him closer to the fighting thing. I completely understand. Um, I didn't need to see it all. An hour of that would drive you nuts if you saw a movie like that nowadays. Mainly because this is almost a a non-knowing actor. The only thing that he's really ever done was Rocky One. Exactly what you said. If I saw this movie in the 70s. I'd be flipping – like if this movie came out today with an, an an actor that nobody knew, this movie would be dumped on because there's no plot moving forward. <laughs> I think the only reason why this movie is doing as well as it did is because I don't think that there was that many movies coming out back then. I mean I, I, first of all, things were just paced differently back then. So that's definitely I would say why. But I would say you'd be right except fucking eighth grade came out this year and not a single fucking thing – happens in that movie there is no plot there is nothing redeeming at all about that movie and the critics loved it they were like oh my god this is the greatest thing that's ever been made and that movie sucked shit (laughs) (laughs) i can't confirm nor deny that because i haven't seen it and it's mostly because you said it sucks shit i'm not gonna watch it if it sucks shit that's gross but basically i mean that's the same thing two hours of no plot I don't know. Never I wouldn't in. be able to watch it. I'd probably shut it off. I, and, and these are all my opinions. I'm not saying this is a make it or a break it, but I'm just saying that I think the only reason why this movie did so well is there wasn't a whole lot of stuff coming out. There was a lot of hype for the first one. There was also movies that have never been seen like this. I'm just saying, though, if a movie like this came out where it was, we'll just say, a newer idea, but it took this slow to get to the actual main main gig that people are going there to watch it would flop it would flop harder than a fucking rock to a pine there's just no possible (laughs) way that it would do well in today's day and age like i was bored throughout the entirety of this movie except for the hype scenes or the well uh, but like the montages and stuff like Mm -hmm. that it got me ready for the actual reason why i came to see that movie is for the fight And I'm I mean, glad I that there's see it plot not being points as popular today. Um, it's not. I, I would say it might not be a huge blockbuster today, but I don't think it would flop because, like, the types of movies that are always up for Oscars and everything are exactly that kind of pacing. 
So they would do, you know, they would they would make it for a little bit of money. It would make just enough money to be fine. But it, I, yeah, I can see it not being, you know, it's not, not going to be the Avengers. Blockbuster. Yeah, I, w- I would. <laughs> I, I'll agree. It would definitely not be a blockbuster by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it. I guess it'll flop artistically. It would probably be there because there is so much story and there is so much preparation for stuff and there is so much plot. Is it moving yeah. the plot along? No, we just learn more about Rocky and Adrian. <laughs> Uh, good times (laughs) I am interested to see I will say this I am interested to see the next movie mainly because I know you're hyping it up to no ends of the earth but basically (laughs) I just want to kind of see what happens because I have heard that this is a good the next couple are good Um, that's got me excited I guess but as of right now these these first two movies it didn't even it didn't even make my penis wiggle Man, that hurts. <laughs> Not even a slight wiggle. Not even the slightest of wiggles. Not even when we got to see Frank Stallone again? His brother who plays the street singer? No. I didn't even know that was his brother. <laughs> well that I don't I don't know. Is his actual <laughs> his brother? Yeah, yeah, his actual real life brother. Oh, no, I didn't even know. Plays that. one of those street singer guys. <laughs> All right. One of my favorite things ever was uh like uh, Stallone. I think hosted SNL in like the nineties, like mid nineties. And he was doing some sketch where like him and uh, Sherry O'Terry were playing like this older Italian couple. And they were like yelling at each other on the front lawn type thing. And uh, he's like, I want to go take you out tonight to go see Frank. And she's like, Oh, Sinatra. She's like, I'll get in all fancy. She's like, he's like, no, Stallone. He's just as good. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so I always trying to get his brother some work. Uh, I like it. Yep. You know what's weird is like I'm coming to realize. I mean, I've seen Cobra, and mm-hmm. hmm, I haven't really seen too many actual Stallone movies. To be honest with you, I've never watched all of Judge Dredd. I know I've seen Demolition Man. That movie's great. Yeah, that's a yeah, good Dem- movie. Demolition Man's amazing. Um, but I've never really watched any Stallone movies. I mean, I never watched any of the Rambo movies. Um, yeah. Did you ever see Cliffhanger? No. I don't think I even saw Cliffhanger. That's sad. Um, I'd probably like that one, maybe. But I've never seen any of the... is good. I've never seen The Expendables, even though I do want to see The Expendables. I saw me... I think me and Megan saw the first Expendables in theaters. Um, And then I think I watched part of the second one, but didn't quite make it all the way through. I just want to see it because it's got all those action stars in there. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was pretty decent. Like, they're all just murdering everyone. Yep. It was back when Schwarzenegger was still the governator. And he still yeah. showed up. Man, I need to see that movie, I think. Just... <laughs> and he still was less of a pain in the ass than Bruce Willis. Mm, yeah. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> Sloan, I think, eventually had to kick Bruce Willis out. He was like, nope. <laughs> Fucking had it with your attitude. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but Stallone is really good in these Rocky movies, and these are the ones where he really shows off his acting capabilities, as opposed to a lot of the other ones where he's just kind of action guy. (laughs) That's true, I see. I can see that. But yeah, all right. Well, that's Rocky. What other questions do we have? I think I've kind of given my points across. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) That's probably it. 
All right, so Zagruda. Although the other thing uh, I did want to mention is um, the once Apollo Creed starts going on his you know smear campaign, trying to tear Rocky down, make make him fight him. I like that the uh, the, the drawing in the newspaper says like the stallion chicken. It's like, well. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Why not just the Italian chicken? That would make a lot more sense than the stallion chicken. You're just putting two animals together. Or the chicken like, Italian. <laughs> that definitely sounds like something that you'd have at like a, a Greek restaurant. The Italian chicken. That sounds pretty good, actually. I'd like that. I would like that. Uh, yeah, I thought the, that was weird. The Italian chicken salad, please. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes stallion chicken weird ring to it i don't know if i like that no it's strange <laughs> all right well let's see what are we doing next here do you want to get into the best movies of 2018 yeah let's go with the best first because i'll probably look forward to mostly your worst later so let's get into okay, the best we'll now. do that next time all right i'm gonna do my top 15 oh of the year uh, that's <laughs> my try to go through them fairly quickly not linger too long on them he's got a whole notebook oh, and I also, have, also have some awards special awards oh can we call them the janky awards <laughs> yes <laughs> welcome here folks to the to the original janksters jankies movie awards today's do, do, do. today's specialty is going to be the top of the movies of 2018 top best and who's gonna get the jankies this year well i guess we'll find out put your pain in me for kevin jank <laughs> put your pain in beans <laughs> no all right well, let's start out with good old number 15 number 15 uh this was a movie um i don't really i'm not really a big documentary guy um, especially since, you know, they don't really show a lot of them in theaters, but even when they do, I'm not really that big of a Mr. documentary Rogers, guy. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> but I did happen to see this one. Um, I don't know why I even went to go see it really, but I figured it, you know, this might be all right. And it actually was pretty good. Uh, this is as Pete was alluding to the Mr. Rogers documentary. Won't you be my neighbor? Oh, um, I got to see this still. It is pretty Pretty good, I gotta say. Like, it's just nice to see, because, like, I mean, obviously, I watched the show when I was a kid. I'm sure you probably did, too. Yep. Um, it's not one of those shows that I think back on all the time, like, oh, man, that was the best, like like I do with, like, Ninja Turtles. But <laughs> I certainly enjoyed it. It was a good show. Um, it was definitely a big part of my life at that point. Um, and it's just nice to see, you know, that there was no dark hidden secrets regarding fred rogers there was nothing like that this isn't like an attack piece there's no you know oh god he was he was a horrible man like nope he was just a good dude cared about kids wanted to make a difference in the world um just was super nice <laughs> that's really all there is to it yep i've heard good things good things yep he just seems like an all-around good guy to work for, and there were some good stories from the people who worked on the show. So all around, just, just a feel-good movie. It was a good time. Uh, so that's my number 15. Number 14. Number is, 14. <laughs> is a movie called The Old Man and the Gun. Have you ever heard of it? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, this was a movie that came out just a couple of months ago. 
uh, starring Robert Redford. I guess it's based on like a real life story of uh, like a guy who was robbing banks. I want to say in the seventies, and it's very much set up like a seventies movie. It's kind of got that seventies pace, so I'm sure you wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> but it's also shot kind of very seventies ish, like they feel like they use older film stock and that kind of thing. And he's just a guy who likes robbing banks. He's been caught a couple of times, broken out, and he just keeps going back to robbing banks, even though it seems like he's robbed enough that if he doesn't really have to worry about money. It's just kind of like he's addicted to robbing banks, it it's seems the like. Thrill of but the, the chase. Thing, yeah, exactly. Uh but and it's like him and like he's got some buddies. Uh I forget who one of them was, but one of them was Danny Glover, who is now very, very old, <laughs> I must say. <clears throat> but uh so he, they're robbing these banks, but he's very like polite about it. He's not he does have a gun and he like points it at a cashier, but he's very friendly while doing it and he's like, Yeah, you know, you're gonna be all right. Just just give me the money, blah blah blah. And he's so polite that everyone even when everyone like uh when they're interviewing the suspect or the the bank tellers afterwards, they're all commenting on like he's just yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. <laughs> like, huh. So it's a very interesting way to do it. It's not like he's a big, you know, asshole. He's not trying to kill anybody or do anything. He just likes thrill of robbing banks. And uh, Casey Affleck plays this, uh, this cop who's trying to catch him. And at first he's like, yeah, yeah." he's like very gung ho because this guy actually robbed a bank while he was in the bank (laughs) and Casey Affleck didn't even know. So I was like, Oh man, I got to get this guy. Like, fuck this guy. But even him, like as he goes along, kind of like comes to respect this old man who's robbing these banks is just kind of like a nice guy. (laughs) Hmm. So it's just very interestingly paced. Um, it's not like most things you see today. And he's also uh, this guy is kind of developing a relationship with Sissy Spacek, who's like this old woman who raises horses and that kind of thing. And the two of them just have a lot of good char- like charisma on screen, especially like Robert Redford, especially is like you can see why this guy was such a big star. He's even at this age, like he's so charismatic that you yep. just like, can't help but like watching this guy. Yeah, easily my so, favorite movie with Robert Redford. And one of my favorite movies of all time is The Sting, just because how amazing Robert Redford is in that movie. Yeah, he really is. Like, I mean, he's he's a guy who kind of always plays Robert Redford. It's not like you ever see him play like a wacky character that's like out of his comfort zone. But he's very good at it. and He's very likable. So you can't help but kind of be like, all right, this is cool. And he said this might be his last movie. But then I think he was kind of backtracking on that later on. He's like, oh, maybe I'll do another one. We'll see. <laughs> but it may or may not be his last movie. So Dang. we'll see. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good, though. It was just good and good and charming. Number uh, 12, 13, number 13. <laughs> Taking one away. Uh, number 13 is Mission Impossible Fallout. Wow. <clears throat> not not too bad. Like I said, I think we mentioned last week that I didn't like the last one, Rogue Nation. Um, this one is directed by the same guy. It's got that same lady whose name I can't remember um, as kind of the love interest. Uh, it's got the same villain as the last one. They like they captured him at the end of the last one, and now like his group is trying to break him out. Um, and the Mission Impossible group is kind of trying to prevent that, and they kind of get caught in, up in some stuff. So considering that, you think this one I would you know kind of feel the same about and not like it, but honestly, it was pretty good. Huh. Uh, it's, it's a solid action movie. Uh, some good good you know practical set pieces and that kind of thing. Um, I just I found this one a lot more fun. And it's probably like the first Mission Impossible is still my favorite, but this might be number two. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it's legit. I haven't seen any of them since the second one. 
<laughs> second one is definitely the worst. That was just a pile of shit. All the weird motorcycle kung fu and I couldn't even tell you, man. I don't even know what it's about. I think the <laughs> second one was that the one with the doves that just kind of flew through the entry. <laughs> yep. Yep. I saw that that's and I was like, one. "Well, that's probably it for me." <laughs> Jumping off this train. Yeah, they definitely uh, tried to recapture the glory with three. Three is great because it's got uh, 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 what's his name. Uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman oh. as the villain, and he's just fucking great. Um, so yeah, I like that one, but that one might be number three. But I think this one might be number two. Um, it's oh. it's pretty great. And obviously, it's the movie that didn't help Justice League by Tom Cavill having the weird mouth. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, but that movie's been trash anyway. Yeah, I didn't. Well, whatever. All right. I'm assuming <laughs> that one's probably higher on your list anyway. So let, well, I'm excited to get to it. So. <laughs> That was 2017, and I'm pretty sure it was on my worst. <laughs> was it 2017? Yeah, it was like October of 2017, I want to say. October, November. Damn. Yeah. I want to say that that was like year. the last time I went to the movies. Did I go to the movies at all in 2018? Oh, I saw Avengers twice. You saw Avengers, yeah. And Deadpool. Oh, and there's another one that we'll be talking about um, in one of the awards that oh. I know you saw. All right. So look forward to that. A janky award. Um, yeah. Number 12. I'm going to go with a movie called A Simple Favor. Oh. Oh, number 12. <laughs> uh, this movie was pretty pretty great. Uh, directed by Paul Feig, which, thank God, it wasn't, you know, as bad as, like, the stupid Ghostbusters movie and shit. Wow, I don't even know this how was... he got a career after that. <laughs> yeah. You would think. This was less of a comedy. This was, like, more of a thriller, although it definitely did have strong like comedic elements to it. Uh, this starred Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. So right there, you got a pretty good-looking cast. Uh, obviously, that's Hachi, getting machi. my money. <laughs> uh, they kind of play women who both have kids in the same school. Uh, Anna Kendrick's kind of like this mommy blogger on YouTube type thing, and Blake Lively is kind of like this uh, mysterious, you know, woman of mystery almost who has this. She's always doing weird stuff. All the parents kind of look at her as being, you know, like weird and uppity and that kind of thing. And uh, so they kind of become friends because their kids are friends. And then all of a sudden, uh, Blake Lively disappears and nobody knows what happened to her. And they're trying to figure it out. They're kind of like, well, did, they, did her husband kill her or something or what's going on here? And Anna Kendrick is kind of trying to piece together the mystery of what happened to Blake Lively and that kind of thing. And all in all, it was just a very good kind of thriller. that has got some very funny moments. Blake Lively was like, surprisingly good (laughs) like i've never thought she was bad in anything but like she is legit like you know kind of a femme fatale from like a a noir kind of story and it's just kind of very different different type of character for her and she just seems very cool Hmm. you know like this like the epitome of like a cool person so Hmm. it's i don't know it was very interesting i liked it interesting yeah so a simple favor all right, so moving on to number 11. Number 11. This was a movie uh, I did not see in theaters. Uh, it was a Netflix original movie, but still eligible for this list because I, I really liked it. This came out at the very beginning of last year, but it stuck with me because uh, I really did enjoy this movie. Uh, this is called The Futile and Stupid Gesture. Oh, all right. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one um, either. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's basically like a 
biopic about Doug Kenny, who was one of the guys who founded the National Lampoon magazine and, you know, all that stuff that ended up getting turned into the radio show and the movies they made and all that kind of stuff. Um, Will Forte plays Doug Kenny. Um, and it's very funny. It's like a bi- like I said, it's a biopic and it kind of covers all those years. Oh, of I have actually heard of this years one. of that. Yeah, it's very good. It's um, it's awesome because like unlike most biopics where it's very straight and serious, this is as you expect with a National Lampoon type thing. They're kind of lampooning their own movie as it's going along. Yeah. <laughs> like there's an older Doug Kenny who's kind of you know talking shit about the movie and being like, "Why are you doing? Why are you starting the movie here? That's dumb." And just like all kind of crazy narrative tricks like that where they're just like fucking with you and just it's constantly funny. And like Doug Kenny himself as portrayed in this movie by will forte it's just always like talking fast and making jokes and like not taking anything seriously when people talk to him and it's just it's so funny and i don't want to get too much into it but the less you know about the story going in the better i would say because i really didn't know a whole lot about it going in and there was some stuff that like really kind of like tricked me and i was like oh what the fuck like i did not see that coming like it really kind of surprised me and uh i just i really liked it it was very a very good way to do a biopic where they're just not taking itself too seriously and kind of taking the piss out of itself. So I highly recommend it. I mean, I really like Will Forte. Uh, That guy's hilarious, obviously from SNL and uh, MacGruber and so many other things. (laughs) Um, So he was great. Uh, There's a lot of other like uh, cameos and stuff. People playing like, you know, National Lampoon type people. Like uh, Joel McHale plays the young Chevy Chase, which is kind of funny because uh, <laughs> Joel McHale's fat. Worked... <laughs> well, they worked on uh, Community together, and apparently oh. they did not get along like at all. <laughs> so, the oh wait, no, Joel. He gets to. I'm thinking of uh, what's his face from uh, that. Joel McHale is definitely not fat. It's uh, he's very <laughs> tall. I, I was thinking of Joel <laughs> Six Sense Kid. Oh, Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment, yes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's a package. <laughs> that would also be a good Chevy Chase because they are both kind of probably equally fat by this point. Yeah, he could be an old Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm 20 years younger. No, no, you're old Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to number 10. Number 10. A movie called Thoroughbreds. Just. Naming a bunch of movies nobody's ever heard of. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Going deep. Uh, this was a movie I saw uh, earlier on in, in the year. Um, it's kind of just a, uh, I don't know what you call it, a thriller. I guess it's uh, about these two girls. Uh, they're kind of being forced to hang out together because one of them is tutoring the other one. and She's getting paid to do it type thing. Um, and they're both kind of just like sociopaths. Um, and they just kind of bring the worst out in each other. Hmm. Uh, one of them is played by Anna Taylor, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who was the girl in uh, Split and The Witch. Um, she was the main girl. And the other one is that Olivia Cook, who was on um, Bates Motel, and she was in Ready Player One. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the two of them are kind of like, uh, you know, they're kind of forced to become friends. Like I said, they're kind of sociopaths and just kind of up to no good and doing bad things together and uh one of them has a really like asshole stepdad and so they kind of start concocting this plan to try to kill the stepdad and um they end up kind of involving anton yelchin in it which i think this is one of the last movies you know he had ever filmed before Dang. unfortunately yeah. 
So it was nice to see him again. Uh, that was, he was really good in it as of course, cause he always was. And um, it's just, it's a very, it's kind of slow. Uh, and it's kind of one of those movies. that's not going to like knock your socks off or anything like that, but it definitely will kind of stick with you and you'll kind of think about it, you know, as days go on, you'll kind of think about it and just, it'll really kind of, you know, hang around in your brain. So I definitely, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it definitely left an impression on me, which is all you can ask for. So nice. Cool. Thoroughbreds. Yeah, definitely check that one out. Number nine. Number nine. I'm going to go with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh. Uh, it was a good, solid Marvel movie. Um, definitely just as fun as the first one, if not more. I'm not sure where I fall and which one I like more, Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp. They're kind of neck and neck. Um, they're both very funny, uh, whereas the first one was kind of like a heist movie. This one was more like a hot potato movie, <laughs> which I didn't even know was like a thing. But it mostly centers around uh, like Hank Pym has found this way to shrink down his lab. And uh, so basically all these pe- different groups are trying to get their hands on his lab because of all the technology that's in there. Um, and so it eventually kind of turns into, you know, one group has it and they're trying to get it from the other group and they're trying to keep it from these people. And just kind of all this back and forth with his shrunken lab and that kind of thing. So it's kind of interesting and it kind of revolves around, you know, you know, we got the wasp in there. Eventually Lily's playing the wasp and they're trying to get her mother back from the quantum realm at a certain point. Um, it's very fun. It's very good. Uh, the post credit scene is awesome. It sets up for a lot that's going to happen in the next Avengers movie. So YouTube that. Yeah, you really should. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So Ant-Man and the Wasp. Actually, I don't, I don't even have to YouTube it. It is coming to Netflix, I think at the end of this month. So I'll be got to enjoy that while it lasts or, uh, Disney starts their own streaming service. Yeah. never again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, probably, I'll probably get the Disney streaming service. There's so many damn good movies I probably on Disney. Will yeah. And they're doing all those Star Wars shows that I'll probably have to watch. I probably will definitely not watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're doing that Scarlet Witch show, though. Oh, God. <laughs> Gross. I'm going to watch that without my pants on. <laughs> <laughs> Grosser. Number eight. Number eight is Annihilation. Uh, this is a, a really good movie. Natalie Portman? I forget. Oh, yeah. Okay. You got it. Natalie Portman and a team of these uh, other women scientists are all leading this expedition into this area called the Shimmer. Uh, I believe it started somewhere around uh, one of the swamps in New Orleans or something like that, hmm. where there's just like this ever-expanding bubble that kind of shimmers like, like an actual you know bubble you blow with you know, a wand or whatever, where it's got like weird kind of colory shimmers, you know, shimmers. Yeah. They call it the shimmer is basically what this whole area is called. And every expedition they've sent into the shimmer to find out what the fuck it is and what's causing this has not come back. So they're, you know, kind of at their wits end because it seems to just keep growing and it's you know, kind of growing exponentially. So like it's going to eventually take over the entire U S and not that long of a time if they don't figure this out soon. Um, um, Natalie Portman's husband, who was like an, um, an army officer, he was part of one of the teams that got sent in and, uh, he was gone for about a year and then just all of a sudden reappeared in their house one day <laughs> with no memory of what happened and acting all weird. And then he just kind of starts dying. Like he, all this blood starts coming out of him and stuff. And she's like, Oh, and she's, she's trying to take him to the hospital, but they get intercepted by the army essentially 
<laughs> I like that and, she's uh, just like, oh, well, this is this is new. <laughs> this is probably yeah. not right. Maybe <laughs> that ain't that ain't good. <laughs> but let's see what let's so see how this plays out. <laughs> They get intercepted by the army, and he's, like, in a coma. And so she's obviously now very invested in figuring this thing out so she can figure out what's going on with her husband. So she wants to go in, and they kind of go in to investigate this shimmer. And all kind of weird shit starts happening in the shimmer. I don't want to give anything away, but just weird stuff is happening. It's a very good sci-fi movie. Uh, There's a creature in about the halfway point of this movie that is one of the cooler things i've ever seen in my life damn i might actually have to watch this um, I movie don't, yeah it's again it's kind of very slow and um the ending of this movie is very strange uh but definitely very visually interesting and some awesome sound design like there's this whole noise that they keep doing it's weird it like dead by daylight also very cool burn, burn, yeah. burn, burn. It is very similar. <laughs> they might have stolen it right from there. Um, but yeah, it's it's very cool. Uh, very, a very interesting sci-fi movie. So I definitely recommend, you know, watching it. Hmm. All right. I'm going to probably watch that today then. Yeah, do it. Um, number seven. Number seven. I'm going to go with Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, no. You saw that movie? <laughs> yeah. I liked it. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's number seven. <laughs> it looked so terrible to me. Really? Why? Because I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Every trailer was just like, I'm just watching all these actors, and I was like, what the fuck does any of this have to do with anything? And I was just like, ugh, I'm not going to watch I that See, I like ever. that. I like a trailer that just kind of gives you the vibe and the general thing of what's going to happen. Like, there's a bunch of strangers in a hotel. They're going to you know, die off. Like that's enough for me. I don't want to see every, like everybody's backstory and here's what happens 45 minutes in. And here's what happens at the end of the movie. I didn't even see, I didn't even know anybody was going to die off. It was just actors showing up to this damn casino. I was like, what is (laughs) What is? Well, who cares? What are they going to gamble? We're going to watch them gamble. Is this Rocky three? I mean, they made it seem, they clearly made it look like, uh, you know, shit was going to go down. (laughs) Oh, that's really all I need. It's got a great cast. Uh, John Hamm, Jeff Bridges. That's why it's uh, up here. That's why it's up here right now. <laughs> your ham for the great. ham. But even better was Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth was fucking great in this movie. He wasn't in all that much of it, but when he was, he was amazing. Hmm. Like he basically is playing like a Charles Manson type, uh, where he's kind of running this you know commune of occult people who are mostly younger women that he's all banging out and getting them to kill for him and stuff like that. And uh, so he kind of ends up getting involved in this whole thing. And he shows up at the hotel and he's just, he's a fucking badass as this character. Like, it's just so crazy. It's very different than anything I've seen him do before, but it's awesome. He was pretty phenomenal. Hmm. Um, the whole thing is just kind of interesting. It breaks it up into chunks. Uh, it was written by Drew Goddard, who was, um, he was one of the writers on Buffy which obviously I'm in. Um, and he wrote Cabin in the Woods and directed Cabin in the Woods. And uh, he made this movie now. So this was kind of his follow-up, I believe. Um, unless he did something in between, but I don't know if he did. He was one of the showrunners on the first uh, season of Daredevil, too. Huh. So he's definitely got a good track record. Um, and I like this movie a lot. They kind of break it off into little chapters. Like, they'll kind of show you this character and kind of 
I give it'll break give, give you a breakdown of that person's history a little bit, what you need to know, and kind of show their angle. And they'll kind of it's kind of like Pulp Fiction where they kind of intersect. Like you'll see a little bit from this person's point yeah. of view and this then from this person's point of view. So it's it's interesting in that regards. And it's all set at this hotel that's oh shit. I think it was like a, uh on the California Nevada border. Okay. So it's kind of like split down the middle. So if you're in one side, you're in California. If you're on one side, you're in Nevada. Oh. And like right, it goes right through like the middle of the the uh, the lobby. So the lobby is kind of split in two different states, which is kind of interesting. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's just a very good kind of thriller, I guess, like very pulp fictiony esque thriller of you know shit going down in this hotel and how it all interconnects and who these people are and what, what fuck fucked up shit they're into huh very cool yeah very cool so i liked it bad times at the el royale check it out number six this comes into something we'll be talking about in this show very soon because i think my number six creed, creed two. two yeah <laughs> uh creed two is it's a very good movie um i'm not gonna quite say great uh, I definitely did have a couple of problems with it, which we'll talk about when we get to that. Yeah, don't get too uh, much into it because I know nothing about these movies, but <laughs> yeah. I like to keep yeah, it we'll, that way. We'll talk about my critiques when we get there. Uh, but it's it's definitely very solid. It plays off of one of the old Rocky movies quite a bit. And that stuff, I honestly, I really did appreciate. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that more once we get to Creed 2. But yeah, overall, solid movie. Um, again, I... There are ways it could have been better, but still, still a solid effort. So can't complain. I'm always going to be in for this series. So, uh, number five. Number five. We're getting into the top five here. These are all rock solid. I think my number five is going to be mid nineties. Oh wow! Yeah, I really like mid nineties. Um, this kind of like we were talking about. Uh, before with eighth grade and stuff like that movies that don't have a ton of plot this movie is definitely one of those it's it's a slice of life movie more so than a plot driven movie where it's just kind of here's this character we're going to follow his life during this little period of time and see what he's doing and his journey through kind of becoming a part of this group of kids uh like skater kids and it's it's fucking damn good. <laughs> um it's set obviously in the mid 90s so it feels very mid 90s are playing like fucking Super Nintendo and shit like that. All right. Um, there's cool 90s soundtrack and that kind of stuff. It does a great job of capturing that mid 90s feel. And it's, a, you know, involving a whole group of skater kids, which obviously is something I'm very interested in. That's a world I like to be a part of, even though I was never like a big skateboarder, but definitely I like that world. Um, and it kind of follows his getting in with this group of kids and, you know, having, you know, it's really kind of branching out becoming like a more of a teenager and that type of thing. He's got like an older brother who's just a real asshole and just beats him up for no reason all the time. Huh. Uh, and it's kind of like, this is clearly driving a wedge between him and his mom a little bit, but it's not, like I said, there's not a whole lot of plot. Um, you can't say there's like a lot that happens, but it's just fun watching this group of kids interact. Cause they're very interesting and it is very nineties. So there's, you know, all kind of language that you, wouldn't pass in today's type of society, but you know, that's what kids fucking talked like back then. So <laughs> hmm. it sounds like uh, the movie Wackness. 
with Ben Kingsley and uh, Josh Peck. That's who's in there. Um, but yeah, yeah it's very. Uh, it's based in the '90s, and it's just based around watching this kid kind of just do his thing. It's an interesting movie. Yeah, I like it. He's just like this, like teenage kid, and during the summer, just trying to sell some drugs or sell some weed on the side to make some money. And it's like this love story as well, where it's like his first time ever doing the dirty, and it's kind of like that summer <laughs> love movie, but in the '90s with this drug dealer. I guess it's good. Yeah, which is one of my favorite one of my favorite eras. So if you can go back to the '90s, I'm all for it. Jonah Hill did a good job with this movie for sure. Huh. Um, a lot of the characters have like nicknames. Um, <laughs> like there's this one guy's name is just called he's just called Buckshit because he just says that a lot. Nice. <laughs> fuck shit, that was great. So he's calling fuck shit. Huh. And then the girls are making fun of him. They're like, I hear he fucks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, like just the, all the dialogue, all the dialogue between them is just so good. It's just a very, uh, very good slice of life in the 90s. And damn, I enjoyed it. Hmm. All right, moving on to number four. Number four. This one, uh, I could almost flip-flop it with number three, but I'm going to go with it at number four. Uh, it's a movie called Upgrade. Oh, wow. Is that high? Yeah, Upgrade is fucking amazing, dude. You should definitely watch Upgrade if you ever can. I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but damn, it's good. Hmm. Um, Upgrade is a movie I had no expectations about going in. I saw the trailers and was just like, what the fuck? This looks like Venom, but like, like not with no symbiote, I guess, and just this... Uh, robot parts or whatever but it was so much better than venom it was the good version of venom <laughs> oh and it looked like just like uh tom hardy as well i don't know if yeah. you got those vibes but that guy looked just like yep. tom hardy i was like wow who is this guy a bunch of people call him like the dollar store version of tom hardy but honestly if you compare his performance to tom hardy in venom alone i would say this guy's better <laughs> dang i mean tom hardy's great great in other things but certainly not in venom and this guy was great because especially like the physicality of this role like is he he ends up getting paralyzed and he has to get this computer chip put into him to let him walk again and uh, the computer chip talks to him and all this stuff and there's parts where like the computer he'll just let the computer take over which makes him like a badass and like he just moves so robotic and like precise that it's so fucking cool to watch and it's 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 a crazy amount of acting that must have been required to do this. Cause it's so just, you know, like <laughs> just so precise. precise and it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so cool to see. And they kind of speed it up a little bit too. So it just makes it look all, all the cooler when he's fighting. And there's just some over the top violent moments that are so cool and gory that you're like, God damn, this is hilarious gore. Isn't that, it like the, uh, the like same in, director from like the saw movies or something like that? Or, it might have been Same one of the. Same. He might have made some of the, some of those Saw movies. I know it's not like James Wan, but uh, he might have been one of the ones who made some of the other later ones. I want to say it was because I remember hearing about it. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong though, but yeah, I thought it was like somebody who had their hands in with Saw at some point, and that's why I heard that this movie had some experience with the whole gore side of things. That would totally make sense. I mean, I said there's not like a lot. Like it's not like you know gore fest from you know, start to finish murder but porn man, when it does it like it does it effectively. And it's just the way like, Holy, the kind of 
thing where it's like the whole audience is just kind of laughing because it's just so fucking crazy. Huh. And it just it was very fun action movie that I, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. So I would recommend to everybody to, to check out Upgrade for sure. Um, it's it's just fun. <laughs> it's a fun movie. Um, and it also there's like a this grief subplot that honestly does a good job with that, too. Like you really feel for the guy and there's clearly like it just it does a great job of mixing the fun violence with an actual like human storyline and, you know, feeling for this guy who was very he was always very low tech. So he's he is totally against this idea at first of getting this chip because he's still they have like self-driving cars and stuff in this time period. It's set in like the near future. And he's still driving like old school cars and he fixes them up. Like that's his job is fixing up these old school cars. He does not like technology at all. <laughs> he's huh. very old school. Uh, but now he's forced to kind of interact with this computer chip and the computer chip and him like talk and have conversations. And it's just, it's very interesting. It's very good. Um, definitely go see upgrade. Hmm. All right. Uh, I wanted to go see it again in the theater. I loved it so much, but then they like canceled the showing that I was going to. I was literally there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, now it's not happening now." I'm like, "God damn it! I already bought a ticket. How can you just cancel it?" Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> it only lasted like a week, apparently, because just no one was going to see it. But oh, it's no. great. <laughs> oh. Um, number so, four, three, three. <laughs> Uh, number three is Deadpool 2. Um, it's very, I mean, it's good. It's just not nearly as good as the first one. Um, they made some big mistakes, I think, along the way, uh, especially killing off Vanessa. <laughs> so that's a spoiler alert, but it happens in the first 10 minutes. So not really. Yeah. But that was definitely a mistake. And it just kind of brought the tone of the movie down a little bit. So it just kind of doesn't have quite the same feel as that first one, but it still has a lot of very funny moments and it's still a good movie. And anytime we get to see Ryan Reynolds Deadpool, I'm not going to be against it uh, because he just, he he's the perfect person for that role. Yeah. So number three, solid movie. Number two. Number two is the movie. I think we both love called summer of 80. 80- Oh, yeah. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Goddamn. Summer of 84 is amazing. Um, This is a movie by the same director who made Turbo Kid. I don't know if we've talked about it on this show before, but if we haven't, definitely go watch Turbo Kid because that movie's great. Yes. (laughs) And this is their their follow-up to that. Uh, There are three... There are basically three people from Canada. I think it's two guys and a girl. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, they just always direct together, which... You wouldn't think would work at all. A lot of people say um, it doesn't work. But out. It really, does. I watched the uh, like the behind the scenes of or the making of uh, Turbo Kid, and the three of them they're all like on the French side of Canada, so they don't really speak. I mean, I think on the set they speak English, but like during the documentary, there was mostly just speaking French. But either way, <laughs> most of the actors that were coming on, like even uh, Michael Ironside, he's like, I've never worked with three directors, and this shouldn't work. But this script is great, yep. and they're doing a phenomenal job. And I'm just like, I don't see why I wouldn't want to jump on this. And he's and the other guy, the Australian guy, is like, I've worked on a bunch of stuff before, and when there's ever more than just one director, it's always terrible. But these three <laughs> seem like they just understand. I was like, damn, that's pretty good. Yeah, and they it's do. Crazy. It's it's nuts that they're all on the same page. Because usually, if you ever see more than one director, it's like you know they're like brothers. 
like the Russo brothers or the Cohen brothers, Cohen brothers the Wachowski, whatever they are today. <laughs> sometimes they're brothers, sometimes they're sisters. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's crazy. They're all on the same page. But man, these three are fucking among my favorite filmmakers right now because both of their movies so far have been amazing and movies that I completely love. Uh, Summer of 84 is a movie set in the 80s, 1984, obviously. Um, and it's kind of – it's along the same lines of Stranger Things or uh, any of those type of things or actual 80s movies like Stand By Me and uh, Monster Squad, that type of thing. You could summon the plot this... up really easily. It's it's uh, Stranger Things meets Disturbia basically <laughs> or uh, whatever the other movie is, the, the window, something window. Uh, rear Window. Rear Window, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so basically that's what it is. You got these four teenage kids – uh, basically just kind of doing living their life and they kind of want to do this murder mystery kind of thing where there's a serial killer around the neighborhood and they basically are just kind of investigating who this might be and one of them thinks that it's their next door neighbor so they're investigating really hard into Mr. Mackey and basically just giving it to all just like yeah it's got to be him this has got to be the guy and uh, without spoiling territory I mean, I can go on about this movie. This I already told Kevin. If I was going to do my top ten list of this year, I didn't really see too many movies this year, but uh this would have been number one, and this is including past Infinity Wars. I mean, I like Infinity Wars. I saw it twice in theaters, but this one, easily, easily my number one. I'm so glad that Kevin introduced this to me because this movie <laughs> is just fantastic. Just so good. The whole plot, you're just like, wow, this is a good plot. I love I love the, the whole era of the 80s. I'm not, so, not a big fan of the wacky music that Kevin likes to listen to, <laughs> but the score in this movie is phenomenal. It really sets you into the 80s so, so well. Um, but then just throughout the whole movie, it's just like, man, this is really, really good. And then the ending is just like, wow, man, I'm, oh, man, what an ending. It's just one of those. It's endings. a real kick in the pants of an ending. Uh, the ending really gets me fired up. Like, you know, that's all I really want in the movies is to feel something. And this movie, the end of this movie definitely gets me to feel something. Uh, it gets me very fired up and <laughs> makes me want to do something, even though it's a fictional story. <laughs> And none of these people are real. Like mash it. He wants to <laughs> mash it real hard. <laughs> no, no, that's for the Scarlet Witch show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. I get it confused. But yeah, it's it's a hell of a movie. Um, it's it's great from start to finish. It's very fun at times, and then it just also really tears your heart out at the end. Yeah. So. Summer of 84, definitely check it out. I am very excited to see whatever these three do next. Um, because so far they've not let me down once. Yeah. And number one, it's going to be anticlimactic because I think we all knew where this was going. Nice. You chose Return of Mary Poppins. I can't believe it. nice well lin-manuel and uh, emily blunt are starring in this movie and of course emily blunt is mary poppins um and i think lin-manuel is a chimney sweep man and basically the two of them are just (laughs) i think in love and uh somewhere halfway he's not playing like the dick van dyke chimney sweep guy he's just another guy who happens to be that same thing yeah yeah and then they make out with so many chimney sweeps that's true 
But the the interesting fact is that they make whoop right there in the middle of the movie, and a lot of the kids are just like mostly confused. But then their parents are just like, "Well, this is what lovemaking looks like," and it's kind of like a just a a timepiece where you just kind of understand the 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 almost like the adult life, but still get that childish wonder. Um, and it's such a fascinating movie, and I think that this really stands out to be probably the best movie of the year. Good choice, Kev. Nice. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. All right, everybody, this has been another great episode from the original (laughs) Janksters. Yeah. Uh, So my number one is, of course, Avengers Infinity War. (laughs) Yep. Do-do-do-do. I don't even know what else we need to say about this. We already did a whole episode about this months ago, so. Yeah. I think you all know how much I love this movie. Uh, I saw it probably six times, I think, in the theater, which is no small feat considering it's like two hours and 35 minutes long yeah so kevin wasted about 24 hours of his life watching infinity wars because i guarantee you he may have seen it six times in the theaters but he's probably watched it a couple times since yeah yep it's on netflix right now he's got the blu-ray probably as well he's got it all so he's watched it at least a total at least 12 times i would imagine which is at least 24 hours of his life (laughs) yep Still better than uh, our cousin Ryan knew a kid who had like all of Full House on VHS and he had watched it like us like I forget what, like 15 times through. We're like, we did the math on it. It's like, yep, that's a year of your life. You just spent watching Full House. Oh, my God. I would imagine he had to have been doing something while that's on in the background or something. Because there's no way you could just sit there and just watch it all 15 times. Like I've watched the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh at least three or four times. And I, I'm always doing something in the middle of it. There's no fucking way I could just be like, what's Yu-Gi going to do this time? The same thing he did the last three <laughs> times, Pete. Come on. God, even if it was were new episodes, he still probably did the same thing he did last time. Yep. He's only got so many cards. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But all right, Infinity War. I could see that being your number one, as I saw it from the minute it came out. I was like, yep, that's going to be Kevin's number one. It was a good movie, though. I really liked yeah. it. It's very solid. It's uh, you know, it's got all the laughs, all the feels. It's got, a, it's got everything you need in the movie. So. It's got Frosted Flakes. <laughs> but it doesn't taste like apples. No. Yeah, kids like it anyway. I don't even get it. No, 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 no. All right, what else we got? We got anything else this week? All right. Oh, well, let's do the special awards real quick. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Jankies. Uh, the biggest good surprise of the year was Bad Samaritan. Um, This movie, not bad. Like, I had not even heard about this. Never saw a single trailer, nothing, until, like, the that, that week, the week it came out, there was, like, a commercial for it during uh, Arrow or Flash, one of those shows. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this has come out this week? <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go see it. It's like a horror movie, so, you know, maybe it'll be all right. Um, Knew nothing about it going in at all, except for that one commercial. And honestly, not bad. It's like a good thriller. So, honestly, it's on uh, Amazon right now. I think, I'm not sure if it's on Shutter or just regular Prime. But, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's kind of a throwback to old school 90s thrillers a little bit. And uh, it's, it's damn solid. It's kind of it's kind of along the lines of like the collector and where like a guy is in a house that you shouldn't be in and you know bad stuff's happening there and he's got to get his way out of 
except unlike that where it's kind of like confined to that place this ends up going all over and taking a lot more time than just like one night um so it's not too bad of a movie it's not I'm not going to say it's the greatest movie ever, but for something I had never heard of to just kind of stumble into, you know, it was fine. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing some of these down. And there we go. Return of Mary Poppins. <laughs> I wish they called it that instead of Mary Poppins Returns. The Return of the Mary return Poppins. The Return of Mary Poppins. <laughs> Sounds so much more horror-ish. No, Mary Poppins, no! Stop banging that chimney sweep. We understand sex and pregnancy now. <laughs> Spit spot. <laughs> uh, uh, let's do best quote for the best line of dialogue from any movie of the year. Jesus. How's do you that have a guess? No, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should know. There's one line that stood, stands out above all others this year. I don't know. And that's a little line called, what's queef? Oh, yeah. <laughs> From Strangers Pray at Night. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that <was good>. What's queef? <laughs> but no, seriously, what's queef? We, uh, the family is having a drive, and uh, the one of the, I think the daughter calls the son a queef, and the dad just, I don't know, is just like, What's queef? <laughs> yep. Not even what's a queef, just what's queef. What's queef? <laughs> yeah. That and a it's good so quote. sad that he doesn't know. <laughs> and he'll never know, which is so, that's the saddest part of it all. It really is. Oh, that poor guy. Yeah, it's depressing. He had a simple request. I just wanted to know. <laughs> if he would have seen, if only he would have seen the return of Mary Poppins, yep. then he'd know what a queef is. <laughs> Spitzfot. <laughs> Good movie that I'll never watch again. <laughs> All right. Do, 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 do. I'm going to give this to A Star is Born. Oh. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, I really went in with no expectations. Honestly, it was a pretty good movie. Um, but the reason it's probably not going to make like my top it, – well, it didn't make my top 15 – is because I can't see myself ever watching it again. <laughs> Um, as good as it was, like Bradley Cooper is pretty fucking great. Like yeah. he should, you know, be up for the Oscar if not win. Um, he was great. He's kind of like doing an Eddie Better impression almost. Um, hmm. and it's very, very interesting. Um, Lady Gaga was fine. Um, her singing obviously is is good, but her acting is, you know, it's good enough. Yeah, not admit, not blowing you off the screen, but good movie. But it's mostly a, you know. The crux of this movie ends up becoming about Bradley Cooper basically being an alcoholic and just doing alcoholic things. So it's just kind of like a bummer to watch. And you're just like, well, I can't imagine going through this again. (laughs) Yeah. That would be so in terms of rewatchability. Yeah. It's kind of like all the cliches of you, you know, what an alcoholic's going to do and now he's going to let you down and all these things. And it's just like, I don't need to go through that again. I'd probably watch the first third of this movie where things are going good. <laughs> and then just shut it off and be like, that was fun. Yeah. I heard it's really good. I've heard <laughs> it's on a lot of people's top 10 lists. 
Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but eh, whatever. If I don't yeah. see it ever in my life, I think I'll, I'll still be okay. Just like any movie, really. Yeah. You really will. It's not going to like change your whole worldview or anything like that. It's good. It's good, but good. Whatever. Uh, well, not counting Deadpool 2, which is like, you know, a uh, comic book movie. Let's go with least terrible comedy. <laughs> oh, okay. Can't really even go best because none of them were that good. <laughs> oh. Uh, it was definitely not Holmes and Watson. That was a turd sandwich. Oh. <laughs> uh, many of them I did not bother seeing, like everything with Melissa McCarthy in it. Nope. Okay. You know that's going to be terrible. Oh, you didn't um, see the Happy Time Murders? Oh, yeah, I did see that, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. But I was thinking more of, like, Life of the Party. Oh, I don't even know what that is. So. <laughs> that movie where she was basically just ripping off back to school, and she's like the Rodney Dangerfield character, mm. going back to college with her daughter. Like, oh. oh, that sounds <laughs> awful. Yeah. I heard it was terrible. Um, I'm going to go with Game Night. Oh, yeah. Movie I should have yeah, seen. Yeah, it was a... Yeah, you really should have. That was right up your alley. Uh, it's a good movie. I wouldn't say it's like hilarious. That that's kind of the problem. It's not like oh my god, my side was splitting from laughing so hard. I wouldn't really say that. Um, but it was a fun movie, so that's something. And huh. uh, um, I don't think I la- like I said. I don't think I laughed out loud very much. But the uh, Jesse Plemons is fucking great as the neighbor. Oh my god, he was on Breaking Bad. He- Played Todd on Breaking Bad, and he's been in a lot of other things since. Um, but he, he is so great because he just plays like the creepy neighbor um, who always wants to come to game night. Like they used to be friends with him when he was married. Like they were friends with him and the wife, but really they were more friends with the wife. Oh. <laughs> and then they got divorced, and you know she left, and he always keeps wanting to come to game night, but they don't want him there because he's fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and he just acts fucking creepy, and it's just hilarious. Like he is by far the best part of this movie. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, you should definitely check that out because that's right up your alley. All right. Um, I'm going to say best single scene in a movie. Um, in a you know another in a movie that's overall not spectacular, but had one really good scene. I'm going to go with Hereditary. Okay, I've never <laughs> heard of that movie, but all right. Oh, really? Um, that was that horror movie came out probably about the middle of the year. Uh, with like, that creepy girl whose like face looked all weird, and she was like cutting the heads off of birds and stuff. And oh, sounds intense. Though. Tony Collette was her mom, and all this weird stuff. Yeah, the trailer made oh, it look, look really intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. That weird girl. She kind of got like a weird face. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a scene like in the middle of this movie. I don't want to spoil anything. So. I can't unfortunately say, but you'll know <laughs> uh, what it is. There's a, a driving scene uh, that is definitely one of the things I'll remember most, both the scene itself and then the next scene that kind of, you know, shows the aftermath. Like, there's just some fucking, like, that's one of the things that'll stick with you. Uh, um, so the movie itself, especially towards the end, I thought got really formulaic and um, it, overall just not very good. And the theater experience I had Probably didn't help it either because there's people in the back making fucking like the little girl makes this weird clicking noise. And like the people in the back wrote it because uh, started doing it over and over again. And it's just like, fuck this. 
<laughs> just want to be out of here because I want to punch these people in their fucking faces. Love it when people ruin it for everyone. Yeah. So that was that, that was fun. But the middle scene, like there's this part in the middle that is fucking crazy. Um, let's see. I oh. wrote it down. Best soundtrack. Um, it wasn't as good as the. <laughs> don't you be stupid and say something dumb here. Don't you be stupid and say something dumb here. All right, let me listen. All right. I got two of them for this. Mm. I'm going to go with Deadpool 2. Not as good as the first one, but it did have some great songs on there, like the uh, the acoustic version of Take On Me. Um, that Celine Dion song from the opening is actually pretty damn good. Uh, Ashes. Share, um, Turn Back Time. Like that was used effectively. Uh, it's got some Pat Benatar in there. Like all around, I like that soundtrack. It was definitely not as, quite as good as the first one, or as memorable, um, but still pretty solid. Um, and my other one, I'm gonna go with Bumblebee. <laughs> what? Because it's got. It's got a great '80s fucking soundtrack. Like it's got a lot of the '80s songs you might think of. Like everybody wants to rule the world like by tears for fears um it's got some other ones you wouldn't quite think of like save a prayer by duran duran which is one of my favorite duran duran songs and you like don't hear it really much at all like that was great there was some howard jones in there like that was fucking phenomenal <laughs> and on top of that Haley steinfeld uh is also like a singer so she did an original song and there's like this it's called back to life uh there's like an 80s mix of it and that song is fucking, it's just a good pop song. It's, it's good. I like it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I didn't really enjoy that movie that much, but the soundtrack was great. And Haley Steinfeld's song is really good. That would be my favorite, like original song from a movie probably for the year. Like back to life is, is a good song. I think you'd like it. Haley Steinfeld is definitely the best part of that movie. Like, even though I didn't care for the movie that much, like, I honestly, she was great. <laughs> like you did kind of feel stuff for her character at least. So that was cool. Except the only problem was it was kind of very similar to her character from Magic 17, but not quite as good. So it's just kind of like, oh, this is like the diet version of that character. <laughs> the toned down, like lame version. <laughs> Summer of 84 soundtrack is a spit spot. Yeah, that, that. Uh, that would be that's that's best score. Of the move of the year. <laughs> I don't know. I've listened to that soundtrack a thousand times, and it's great every Me time. Me too. <laughs> it's great to put on while you're doing stuff, like doing work and shit. It's just good music to have on in the background. Uh-huh. 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 Any more jankies? Stop. Uh. No, not really. All right. Well, good stuff there. Good stuff there. Mm, good stuff everywhere. In my underwear. It's like a Dr. Seuss book all of a sudden. Mm. <laughs> Do you have any board games you would like to discuss? Um, Let me think. Oh, what did you end up playing uh, last night at Game Night? Oh, actually, I played two new games, I think. Oh, what was the first game I played though? That's how memorable it was. 
It was called Making Dumpy. I know I played a game called King Domino. And then I also played, oh, Sushi Go Party, um, <laughs> which is kind of like the the back half of Millennium Blades, where you're building a tableau, which is basically you're just putting cards in a row that mm-hmm. may or may affect cards that either come later or the cards that you've placed prior. But you're placing one card at a time, and uh, you're just placing them in a row. So, like, maybe this sushi will get time. It'll get, like, five points if the previous sushi that you played was a green card or whatever. So you're just trying to get as many points as you possibly can by placing cards in a certain order. It's just it's a it's a cool game. It's a fascinating game. Uh, I know it okay. had a lot of hype in a lot of, like, gateway game communities where basically it's just like those introduction to games uh, a lot of like people who aren't familiar with a lot of board games uh, who are kind of like lost in the mindset of clue or life uh, this is a good way to get them into more hobby games and this is i i've been told has been one of those kind of games that helped that um where i could see that i could definitely say that. it's a very introductory game um, but with still a lot of uh meat to it um, which is pretty cool uh, the other game, which is also another introductory game, uh, is called King Domino, where you're just you have a single castle tile, which is like a just a one inch by one inch uh, square tile, and basically what you're doing is you're grabbing uh, two inch by one inch tiles, so a little bit longer, like dominoes almost, and placing them around your castle to build this five by five grid that's uh, you have around your air and your play, the play area. Uh, basically, you're just trying to get a whole bunch of points by placing these in certain areas, kind of, I guess, in the same vein, if you want to think about it, like Sushi Go Party, yeah. where you're just like, oh, placing stuff in certain orders to gain points. Uh, that's a very fun game, too. It's abstract, where not everything that you're doing um, is, like, really thematic, but you're kind of, like, building <laughs> this small little, like, medieval, I wouldn't even say medieval. I mean, there's a castle in it, but basically, you're just building a small world that has deserts or plains or forests or cavern so it's a really cool game uh it's we played that one a few times and then last night we also played the mind um because that's a fun game where everybody's uh given a a hand of cards depending on what level you're on and there's a giant deck of cards to pretty much uh that gets shuffled out and those cards are from one to a hundred and you guys have to play the cards in ascending order the trick to the game though is you can't talk so nobody knows what you have. You just have to assume that yours is either lower, closer to one, or maybe you're waiting because you're assuming that maybe somebody's got something lower than you. So you're holding on to that 86, just like, God, somebody play something. Somebody's got to have something <laughs> lower than 86. And then they play down a 72, and you're like, all right, 86. And now you move on to the next level, but it gets a little harder. When you go to level two, everybody's given two cards each. So it's it's tricky. Uh, if you mess up, you lose a life. You can also try to burn cards by throwing throwing stars at it. It's a very interesting game. Uh, a lot of people don't consider it a game; they consider it more of an activity uh, because <laughs> you're not. There's no real strategizing. You're just literally like Sean was saying last night. This isn't a game where you're just like, all right, everybody's working together because this is a cooperative game. Um, it is very much luck, but I don't know if that's true because. I know it's luck, but it is a lot of reading body language mm-hmm. because you're just like, yeah. man, I I can't talk. I can't say what I got, obviously, but it's like, all right, all right, he's going in pretty early, so it's probably going to be low, but I'm sitting with the 21, so I'm hopefully he's playing something faster and lower than 21, so he plays an eight, all right. Do I wait? Do I play 21 now? Nobody seems like they're actively going for it, so maybe they have nothing close to eight, so maybe the 21 is the next. I play 21, boom. 
we're good so far. So it's just this constant like reading body language. It's a fascinating game. It really is. It's just it's just just crazy. Um, but yeah, that's I remember cool. we tried playing that real quickly when we were in South Carolina. I don't remember why we didn't finish that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we started the game. Um, it is fun. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I guess I guess life happens. We'll play it again. Life finds a way. Yeah, I've got a bajillion games for you guys to play when you come in, so it'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, there's gonna be how many of us? It'll be four of us, right? Yeah. Whew. Thank God it's not five of us. That's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I hate playing five-player games. I don't really make too many of them. I'm going to have to make a five-player game. Oh, I do. It's called Master of Disguise. Yeah. That oh. works for everyone. Yeah, that plays up to eight. But, all righty. Well, I think we're good. Anything else there, Kivana? Um, well, I don't know if we should do some songs or just push that for later. I have to probably push it for later. We're sitting yeah. at the two-hour mark already. I think we'll All wait right. until after your well, end of year awards go out and then we'll jump back into songs. Okay. Works for me. That way the episodes don't get too wildly rambunctious. <laughs> they don't get too chubby like Joel McHale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joel McHale, the fat man. <laughs> He'll only be fat after he eats they call it the Osmond. soup because he ate all that soup. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, everybody. Well, this has been another amazing episode from the original Janksters. I'm Peter Jank. That's Kevin Jank. And as always, remember to flip that tip. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend and have a happy new year. Everything's coming.